All right, everybody, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast. On today's episode, The Athletic. We love The Athletic. They came out with a fan survey, which covered everything from the confidence level of the team to the confidence level of Joe Sackick and Chris McFarlane to who's the face of the franchise. So we're going to go through this whole thing right here and, and break it all down and kind of where we think all of these answers should be as well as getting to Nathan McKinnon's season grade. I think we know where that one's headed. New episode of Locked on Avalanche coming out. Your Locked on Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Locked on Avalanche. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli. With me, as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. Thank you for tuning in and making it your first listen of the day. That's always appreciated. Make sure to follow us on our social media outlets, LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked On Avalanche on Instagram, questions, comments, concerns, opinions, LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. And follow us over on our YouTube channel, over on YouTube. Hit subscribe, get notified when a new show goes live. And definitely subscribe to our subtext link to that is in the show notes below where you can subscribe and talk to Kyle and I on a one-on-one basis. So uh, lots of fun over there. Uh, We will be getting to Nathan McKinnon's grade. Like I said, it's less about what the letter is and more about what the percentages were. So we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, and apologies for no show yesterday. As you can hear, like I'm sure you can hear because I can hear it <laughs> coming out of my own vocal cords uh, a little <laughs> bit under the weather yesterday. So I'm feeling better today. And uh, there's just there's there's stuff going on in Avalanche land, even though they're not playing right now. So including this survey done by The Athletic. And I know Athletic is a uh, paywall site. So if you don't have it, Fear not, people. We're just going to uh, take the content from them and uh, use it because it's good. Yeah, It's good what they did. And Peter Baugh, who does a great job covering the abs uh, for The Athletic, threw out a, uh, a survey. And there's a dozen questions on here. And wow, we think we think they're pretty relevant. Oh, yeah. It's really relevant. So um, go ahead. It's it's always good to have these these polls, especially at the end of the year. And you kind of get the opinion of the fan base. And when you go through these 12 questions, you kind of get the idea of where the fan base as a whole sits. And it kind mm-hmm. of validates everything you're feeling. Because guess what? I'm still bitter about the playoff exit. So I just yeah. sit there and revel. Well, you know what they should do is do this twice. Do this yeah. at the beginning of the season and then do it again at the end and see how certain people's like perspectives of these questions has changed. Yeah. But they just do it at the end of the year, which is fine. Um, and and th- I'm I'm kind of glad he waits a little bit to do this and doesn't do this 24 <laughs> hours after the season is over because there's there'd be a big discrepancy yeah. right after uh, a season comes to an end. But let's dive in. So um, he he threw most of these are on like a one to five scale, one being low, five is high. They do get into specifics on players and things like that, which we obviously get to. But the first question he throws out on a scale of one to five, again, one is low, five is high. What's your confidence level in the direction of the avalanche? And f- the the one, the option that came out on best or on, on top that was best uh, was four. 
at 52.3%. Number five was second at 29%. And then you have three at 16, two, a uh, scale of two at one and a half. And a point one said one. You always have those people. Um, but for the most part, it's either four or five. So I think fans generally are pretty happy with the direction of the apps. I would say typically I would sit at a five, but last year's trade deadline, I'm sitting at a four and cautious yeah. into this off season. I would agree with that. I think four is very okay. Five is you are going into next season uh, expecting nothing less than winning the Stanley Cup. Five and was last very- off season. Yeah, I think you could have said five going into last year. I think you could have said that going into or going into the season that they won the Stanley Cup. Let me say that. And going into this past season, maybe maybe go 4.5. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, I think going into this next season, I think four is is kind of right where most people are, and that's 52%. Um, on a scale of, again, one to five, how confident are you in the Joe Sackick, Chris McFarland front office? And option five, most confident, won this at 57.6%. It went right down, 54321. 57.6% at five, uh, 36% at four, 5% at three, 0.8, is that point? Yeah, 0.8 at two and 0.3 at one. So again, between uh, four and five, that's the lion's share of, of the voting, but most confident. In uh, McFarland and Sackick, I would sit that at a four as well for the reasons I just stated. That mm-hmm. trade deadline is a little rough, and they basically have to put a team together this year. So I'm sitting at a four. Yeah, I want to. <clears throat> I want to see how they do this year. How, like, how do they respond to kind of what they didn't do last year? Yeah. So it's tough to, I mean, you can't go lower than a four. No. I don't think you can, right? I, I completely understand it being a five. Um, I And I completely understand it with some people dropping it to a four. I, I think going to a three just because you weren't happy with how they handled last season. Um, I don't think you're looking at it in totality if you're just feeling like they didn't make enough moves. Well, they didn't make enough moves because they don't have a lot to deal with. Yeah. Um, and they, they didn't have a lot of picks. Their their prospect pool is dwindling. They were in a tough spot to make a lot of moves. And we were talking about that back in February, that it was going to be tough. So I'm not really dinging them that much, but I do want to see how aggressive they are yep. and what they can, because they have to get creative this offseason. So um, I would put it at a four as well. Um, but... Teetering on a five, but teetering. you you mentioned they don't have a lot of picks. They don't have a lot of money. They were in a tight spot. That also is reflective of the position that Sackick and McFarland had them in. So mm-hmm. it's you, it's a push pull catch twenty two. Yeah. But yeah, it's still sitting at a four. Um, on a scale of one to five, how confident are you in Coach Jared Bednar? Eighty point seven percent said five, and you got sixteen percent at four, two point eight at three a 0.3 at two and a 0.2 at one uh, who those 0.5 people are. I don't know, um, but feeding the trolls basically. Uh, but yeah, th- this is a five all day. I think he's yeah. the best coach in the league. I think he is one of those rare coaches that is uh, 
that he will hold on to this position until he's he doesn't want to coach anymore. Yep. I truly believe that. I truly believe the Avalanche are trying to create a culture of we're not going to have this revolving door of coaches. And you see it happening across the league. And you have the, these, these handful of coaches that just go from team to team to team. And I was listening to uh, 32 Thoughts and, uh, and uh, Elliot Friedman. And uh, actually, I think it was Jeff Merrick who said it was, if Peter Laviolette gets the Rangers job, He's just going to call him Peter Metropolitan because he's coached <laughs> yeah. almost every team in the yeah. Metropolitan Division. And it's so true. You just have these coaches that hop around. And I think the Avalanche wanted to break that mold. And they wanted to find a coach that they could put in there who they like his system and will replace the players. Yeah. And we're not going to replace the coach. So I think he's entrenched for a long, long time. And I'm just fine with that. Yeah, he's a five for me because he's a leader on and off the ice. He doesn't say those little things that become a tweet and a blurb the next day that everybody's scratching their head. He's not trying to stoke the fire. He speaks on behalf of the team. He gets players that don't just des- like he he gets more out of players than they should. And he's just a wonderful, wonderful guy. So yeah. Bednar, five all day. And he doesn't get, you know, uh all kind of like uppity with the with the press you know they asked him over and over and over again valnachuskin and he was just stoic and just relaxed and he answered the same way he didn't get it he's the complete opposite of of john tortorella and he cried winning the cup is a moment i'll never forget yeah yeah emotional guy so uh let's get to one more and then we can uh take a quick break but what should the avalanche do with the number 27 pick um and with this one with 50% was trade it for a player who can help the 2023-2024 roster. Um, that was 50, 50.3%. 41.7% is use it. 4.2% package it to move up in the draft. And 3.8% is trade it to move down in the draft. So do you agree with that? Do you agree to trade for a player who can help you next year or would you use it? I would trade for a player that will help us next year. You are sitting at 27th. You're right, which is not I mean, yeah, it's a first round pick and it's a deep draft, but you're not picking like top 16. No. Nope. So, I don't like it would it would like who are you going to who are you going to trade that to? Like if you traded that to a a team that is picking in the top 16 that wants to get another first round pick to, for the future, then they would do that. But they're also giving up a player that maybe they have plans for in the future. So it might not make sense. Like, I don't think you're going to get what you think you're going to get by trading that pick for a player to help you this year. I don't see, I mean, anything is possible, but, and like I said, it is a deep draft, so maybe there is that team that say, hey, we'll take another first-round pick. Absolutely. It, so, And with the power shift and how the league is going now and now the Bedard sweepstakes and mm-hmm. teams are trying to compensate for that, you need, and we've talked about it, all the everydayers know uh, what the Avalanche have to put together when it comes to a roster. Anything can help. If you could trade that piece and get somebody depth-wise on that roster, bring it on. I will say what I voted on for this one was the least percent vote, which was use it to trade down 
in the 2023 draft. And here's why I said that. And it is contingent on how the draft falls. If the Avs have like, you know, their, their top three or four or five guys and those guys are gone in the draft, trade down and maybe get two second round picks somehow, some way. This is this is how I would trade up. I wouldn't just trade down a blanket statement like I'm trading down. I would trade down this way because you have no second, third, or I don't believe you have a fourth round pick either in this draft. So your your prospect pool is pretty thin. So if the guys that you, specific guys, I would even say top three, if those guys are gone, I would try to find a package where you trade down and somehow, some way get two second round picks where you can build up your prospect pool again and do it a little bit quicker by getting two second round guys rather than one first round guy. I oh, don't I know how you do that. Um, you got to find a team because th- it's possible that those second round picks could be mid second and late second. And then you really have to consider if you'd want to do that or not. Yeah. But that's the only way I would do it um, because the abs do, they got to start drafting guys and building up this pool again. So we will have our, uh, we're doing a mock draft right now behind the scenes with the other hosts of uh, locked on NHL. And we're waiting patiently for pick 27 to come around. Um, and I have a guy in mind and if he's there, I'm grabbing him. You're gonna have to wait for that. Um, all right. Let's hear from FanDuel and then we will continue uh, with these wonderful questions over at the athletic, but FanDuel, I mean, people, what what better sporting event could you ask for right now to go bet on? You have your Denver Nuggets in the NBA Finals. Things are looking good for them. But this is, I mean, is this not, is hockey and basketball not kind of like just mimicking each other right now? You yeah. have uh, an excellent team in the Denver Nuggets and number eight seed in the Miami Heat. And then over on the NHL side, you have the number one Vegas Golden Knights against the number eight Florida Panthers. This is pretty crazy. So go ahead. And if you, this is something you don't want to miss out on, especially if you're a Nuggets fan, Mm. Uh, you, you got to be a part of this somehow, some way ride the wave. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Got to make that fast break over to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get that no sweat first bet for up to it's no longer a thousand dollars kyle it's two thousand five hundred dollars that's two thousand five hundred dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win they've gone crazy over at fanduel there's no better place to bet all of the playoff action than america's number one sports book so visit vanduel.com slash locked on and get that no sweat first bet up to two thousand five hundred dollars that's FanDuel.com slash locked on. It's the official sports betting partner of the NBA. And uh, on tomorrow's episode, we will, uh, there, there was a question thrown out. <clears throat> I think it was by Brandon Stokely, um, former Denver Bronco, who asked, you know, if the Nuggets win, if the Nuggets win the, the NBA finals, where does that rank in Denver championship history? between the abs nuggets i can't say the rockies because they haven't won anything uh and maybe maybe the nuggets and the in the broncos obviously um we'll talk about that tomorrow 
We'll give our rankings. The mammoth might be up there. You never know. Yeah, they never. Yeah, we could throw them in too. <laughs> hey, I don't know where that stands for the mammoth, but we will. Uh, mine are up. My, mine are on Twitter. If you follow me on Twitter, I, I, I put my top three up there. But we'll go through them. We'll go through them. All right, let's get back to these questions on the athletic. Uh, what Avalanche prospect um, or 2022-2023 AHL player excites you the most? 30.6, no, 38.6% Jean-Luc Foudy. He excites the people the most. Uh, 24% Oscar Alasson, 18% Shane Barron's, uh, Eustis Anonen at 8.7, Sam Alinsky right behind him at 8.2, and then Other. Um, I want his jersey. What number is other? Uh, he's at 2.3. So, um, yeah, Foodie got people excited last year, myself included. And uh, he could take on a bigger role. <clears throat> I'm curious to see what this the percentages would look like if Sampo Ranta was still around. I don't think he'd be on here. I think he would be lower than Malinsky. Really? I think people gave up on him. Interesting. For, for not, you know, either right or wrong, but I, I just don't. I don't think it was there. I think see, the appeal wore off. And when it comes to who I w- would put my vote, it's definitely Foodie. But mm-hmm. the most surprising thing about this is I feel like how you're talking about Sampo and everybody giving up on him. Like, are we doing the same with Eustace? Like, 8.7? That is, from where it was, we were just ex- so excited for him to make his, his start yeah. and call up, and now 8.7? percent of people are excited to see him i think people just want to see more out of him i mean for a guy that you 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 followed him and you know more about him than than malinsky and he just beat him out yeah in this voting so i think malinsky gets the excitement vote like you haven't seen him play a second in the ahl or obviously in in the nhl but I think it's just the you know, there, there's this appeal about him where it's like yeah, me like I'm just excited and that's what it is I'm just excited to see him yeah so um, we'll see where that goes we'll see how that goes uh, what do the Avalanche most need to add going into 2022 2024 uh, by a wide margin 80.6 was a second line center depth forwards 11.2 uh, top six winger 6.7 and there's the other. At 1.5. So, I mean, we've talked about it over and over and over again. Second line center is the glaring need for the Avalanche. And obviously, the fans realize that. That, that one by a wide, wide margin. Yeah, that's a no-brainer. Easily. Uh, who are right, now we're getting into specific players here. Who is a free agent the Avalanche should sign? Number one here, 36.3%. Bring them back. Ryan O'Reilly. So that's uh, and that's probably a pretty good margin. In second place at fifteen point six is Jonathan Druin. Um, and then other guys on here. I'm not going to go through all the percentages, but kind of in order. After Druin, you have Jonathan Taves, um, Jason Zucker, Jesper Fast. Yeah. Um. Mm-mm-mm. Alex Kalorn. Alex Kalorn is on there. Uh, my boy Connor Sheary, 3%. <laughs> so uh, it seems like 
I think a lot of people would welcome Ryan O'Reilly back with open arms. And I think there is maybe a mutual interest there if they can work on the number. And, you know, I, I even admitted on the show that it's, it was something I laughed at the concept before, but I've warmed up to the idea and I would agree. It's, it might be time to bring him back. It could be, it could work. It could definitely work. And it solved that problem and it would solve your face-off problem too. Cause he is one of the best in the league at that. And it's a veteran experience that we're going to be missing without Landis Gog. Yeah. Yep. Uh, which pending UFA would you most like the avalanche to re-sign? This was a little bit surprising to me. I, I agree with surprising. it. I, I agree with it. Uh, but I thought JT Comfer would win this for the simple fact he's been around longer than Evan Rodriguez. But Rodriguez wins it by 10 points. 42% to Rodriguez. or 32% for Comfer. Uh, followed by Cogliano at 10%. Um, Eric Johnson, 6.7%. And then Lars Eller, and then we got Matt Nieto, then Jack Johnson, and then at 0.6%, Darren Helm, who we still haven't heard if he's officially retiring yet. But what did you, you make of this one? I think this is more of Erod. You see a lot of potential. You love his game plan, like what he could do. I think there's a large contingency of Avalanche fans that are just tired of the JT Comfort experience. Mm-hmm. And this is a hot year. This is a not year. This is better. This is not. It's the Jost effect. I feel like they're just kind of done with that, and they yeah. see more out of Erod, and I think it shows in the voting. Well, I think it's, I don't know, it's like twofold. Like I said, he's been around for longer, so I just thought because of that people would want him back. And it's a, you know, what have you done for me lately, which – what JT Confer did for you this last year was his best season. So I thought mm-hmm. people would kind of. Uh... Yeah. It, I just, I feel like after the experience with Tyson Jost and it just being a constant, you keep like, betting on that upside and what you could possibly get. I think that bridge when that was burned and Jost left, I feel mm-hmm. like everything turned to Comfort and it was that same anticipation and I feel like you get you're getting the same result, and I just think Avalanche fans are done with that. And I think Avalanche fans also look at maybe the numbers, right? I think yep. it'll be cheaper to bring back Evan Rodriguez than it will be to JT Comfer. Yep. So maybe they took that into consideration as well. Uh, what forward from the Athletic Trade Board should the Avalanche try to acquire? And uh, tw- there's, there's some obviously good players on here. This was a little bit closer voting across the board, uh, but Willie Nylander wins that 23.8%. Nick Schmaltz at 22.7% was in second. Elias Lindholm right behind him at 19.4. And you got Mark Shifley at 14.2. Uh, Taylor Hall, uh, Adam Henrique, and then Kevin Hayes. I'm just trying to go in order here. Um, and then other people. So we we did an episode on on Nylander. I, I feel like that talk has cooled down a little bit, um, but I think a lot of talk has cooled down right now. You get a lot of it when the season kind of comes to an end for all these teams, and then it picks back up again once once the Stanley Cup is over, and you start getting into free agency. So uh, some names on there. Who sticks out? I like Willie Nylander, but once when I saw Taylor Hall's name on there. No, that ship has sailed multiple oh. times. 
They've tried over and over to acquire Taylor Hall. I he just does not want to come here. And I know it's not always up to him, but but I think there were a couple times where he could have. Yeah. Um and and he didn't want to. So I, I don't think I don't think they go after him again. It, it Especially just, now it's been like three years past like yeah. his best years. I think it was just fun know. to see his name on there, but no, legitimately. Mm-hmm. Adam Henrique is an appealing name, even yeah, though he, he did is. not get a lot of votes. I do love his game. Mm-hmm. I really like Nick Schmaltz. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Arizona is actively trying to shop him, um, but I, I think that would be. I, I I think he'd be a great fit. He'd be a great yeah. fit, and it'd be it'd be a pretty good deal that they'd have to package together. But I think they could. I think they can make that happen. So. That's kind of where what my money's behind. Uh, on a scale of one to five, what's your level of concern about Gabe Landeskog's long-term health? Avalanche fans are concerned. 54.3% say five, and that is the highest. Uh, it goes right down the list, five, four, three, two, one. So 27% say four. So that that's 80-plus percent of Avalanche fans say five or four. I mean, I'm not concerned. I already said the man's going to retire. I'm at peace with this. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I said three for this because I'm not – I don't want to go right there. right? And maybe that's just me holding out some hope. <laughs> I have to, man. Like, he's the captain. I have it's to. It's adorable, Chris. <laughs> you keep believing, bud. Uh, and maybe my wife forced me to put three in there, too. I don't know. But – um. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I get people are going to go to the extreme and people are going to go to, you know, the worst case scenario. And I get that. But what we've said for a long time with him, as as long as this has been going on, I say long time, um, I'm just going to give him the chance. I'm going to give him the chance. So he just had the surgery. So he's not ahead or behind anything right now. You know, it's not like six months from now and we can reevaluate. Are you ahead of where you should be? We don't know that right now. He just had the thing a month ago. So um, I think it's a little early to be asking that question, honestly. But I get why it, it would go straight to five. I completely yeah. understand that. Um, what will the result of the 23-24 Avalanche season be? 43% was reached the Western Conference Finals. So as fans are not convinced that this team is a shoe in for the Stanley Cup, and I, I kind of agree with that. Um and then next to that at 23% is win one playoff round. And then you get to win the Stanley Cup at 20.9%. So that's the third best option right now where Avalanche fans feel the abs are as the result of next year. I mm-hmm. also believe they are going to be in round two. Mm-hmm. That's about it. It's so tough to answer that question because it's all about matchups. Who who they're going to match up against? I haven't. You have no idea. And who's you on the team? That's what I was going to say. Who? What is this roster look like? Yeah. It's so tough to answer that right now. So so tough. Ask me that again in a couple months when we have a much better idea. And then I still won't. I'll have a better idea, but I don't have a hundred percent because again, it's all about the matchup. Who who you play in that first round could be a great matchup for you, and you sweep them. Or it could be. 
a team that you struggle with and they take you to seven and beat you. So that's just a very, very difficult question to answer. Um, and finally, who do you consider the face of the avalanche? And this is between Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr, Gabe Landeskog, and Miko Rantanen. And this was a wide, wide margin. 70, 78.3% said Nathan McKinnon. While 12.1% said Kale McCarr. 86 said Gabe Landeskog. 0.6 said Miko Rantanen and 0.4 was another player and they don't list who they are. Um, I figured Nathan McKinnon would win that. I didn't think it'd be the, by that wide of a margin. The kids love Kale McCarr. Like, uh, trust me, he is like the, the hot button item when it comes to like young tweens and, and adolescent. They love Kale McCarr. Uh, Nathan McKinnon is the face of this franchise. Yep. I just thought it would be a little bit closer in voting. Yeah, it's the exact same way like in my household. My two kids only talk about Kale McCarr. They yeah, do man. not care about Nathan McKinnon. But when you come to like hockey fans, even if you don't like the Avalanche, you respect Nathan McKinnon and what he does oh, and what he brings. Yeah. So it's it's he's definitely the face of the Colorado Avalanche. And I'm I'm a little bit surprised that Gabe Landeskog only got 8.6%. And this is Avalanche fans voting. This, That's your that... captain. You know what I mean? That is the captain. And every, we all love Gabe Landeskog. And usually you kind of go that direction of like the face of the franchise is your captain. And again, I still think Nathan McKinnon would have won, but I thought it would have been a lot closer. And if you had given me those names, I probably would have listed them as Nathan McKinnon, then Gabe Landeskog, and then Kale McCarr, and then Miko Rantanen. I'm, <laughs> I'm surprised Gabe Landeskog is, is that low percent-wise, knowing what he means to this team. Well, you also have to know this was taken after last season. Everybody's pretty, sure. pretty yeah. much convinced that Gabe Landeskog is ever coming back, so he's hey, not it's the a base, good... just transition. I mean, if he had played last year, you do wonder yeah. what those numbers would be. But, I mean, Nathan McKinnon's taking the reins and running with it. Uh, and it just so happens our season grade for uh, today is the one and only Nathan McKinnon. So uh, let's get to that right now. We'll finish up with that. Um, bring it up here. Bring it up here. There you go. Nathan McKinnon. Uh, no surprise there if you're watching on, on YouTube. A's across the board. I went with an A++. I see I, that. I'm, I'm able to do that. Uh, because I have the power of I do the graphics. Um, so and and as you can see, like this was not not in doubt. It was just what were the percentages going to be? And you see on YouTube, ninety four percent said a. Uh, Twitter, ninety nine percent said a. That's a good hockey so you number. Had, you just had a couple. Yeah, right. You had a couple outliers there that went another direction for whatever reason, and ninety six percent. On Instagram said a it's not uh, about the grade it's about this this superstar of a player that we are lucky enough to have the scary thing for for other teams and other players and other coaches is he just seems to continue to get better mm -hmm. like he, he had his best season of his career this last season in terms of point production and just production in general and he missed a handful of games, 11 games I think he missed. Um, 
and he and he all of the season that came before it every year we keep saying like this is nathan mckinnon's best season so it's like how long can he keep doing that it just doesn't it seems like his ceiling just keeps getting up and up and up and he was he's constantly putting it up while the roster around him is changing like he's improving he's becoming just a hockey machine we talk about Connor mcdavid all the time as just like your hockey robot Nathan McKinnon is just he's a hockey animal. Like yeah. he does it out of instinct and he's he's not programmed to do it. He's it's just in his blood and you could see it. And then I'm excited to see what he can do next year because he constantly blows my mind at what he could pull off year after year after year. Yeah. Yeah, if you thought he was going to calm down after winning a, a Stanley Cup because that is the goal for all these guys clearly. And for guys like him who have that that goal since they were like 13 years old uh, and, and you put everything into it to finally get it at a young age, which he got it at uh, you think maybe are they'll take their foot off the gas a little bit, maybe not take their foot off the gas and how they play, but just their, their demeanor. No, he wants more. Like he's, <laughs> he has that look every single shift. And I know there's, there was some comments out there saying like, I wish he could have like, you know, taken control and during the Kraken series and really put the team on his back. That was a struggle. That, that series was a struggle for everybody. Yeah. And it's, it's tough to ask a, a singular hockey player to do that. He's capable of doing that. And he has done it. Um, that was going to be a monumental challenge for him to really do that. Cause Seattle just game plan for them. Well, so I, I don't take anything away from him from that series whatsoever. No, and the scary thing is we were talking about how he builds on it year after year after year. Now 2023-2024 in that season, he has to go get his cup back. So look out NHL. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Um, I wanted to get to a couple comments that people had, which obviously were glowing. Um, where are we here? Okay, yeah, A plus for McKinnon. Uh, Jordan, our buddy Jordan. This is another easy grade, uh, to give out. Undoubtedly, Mac Tech gets. Oh, he gave him an A plus plus plus. So he gave him an extra plus. I gave him like gave the plus plus. He gave the three pluses. Uh, finally hit the century mark for points in the season. Absolute beast every game he's on the ice. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of was the consensus. My question to you: Does he ever win a Hart Trophy? And it's not for for lack of production. It's just when you have, you know, the Connor McDavid's of the world in in the the league, and then those other players who just pop up and have this amazing season um, that sometimes voters take note of, like, oh, we didn't expect that from like uh, Jack Hughes or something like that. Um, is it gotten to the point with him where it's just expected, and he's going to put out good numbers? He might not put out Connor McDavid otherworldly numbers because you can say the same thing about McDavid, but he just keeps upping the ante every year in his total point production. And it's not – if you're leading the league in points, you're going to win the heart, right? Like I, 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 it's not – but you have to be kind of in the vicinity of Connor McDavid. And if he plays – if Nathan McKinnon plays a full season, 82 games, he would have been in the 120s and would have that been enough – with all the injuries that they did have to kind of prop him up and, and maybe someday take a heart trophy away from Connor McDavid. Is it possible for him to do that? I'll double down on it. I'll say he wins one in the next three years and the same year he wins the heart. 
Bednar will win the Jack Adams. Same Ooh, year. Blasphemy. What, what, do you, what are you? You're taking crazy pills? <laughs> Good Lord, man. I, have, you, I, have you not been following this team for a while? Uh, no, I mean, I would love to see that. I'd love to see that. I, I think it's going to be very difficult for him to do it. And again, it's not because of what he can put out because we've seen it. Um, I think he's got to he, he's got to have like that perfect season where he doesn't miss a game, um, and he's in that one twenty to one thirty points in a season. He's got to do that, and he's shown you this year he's capable of doing that. So if he has that type of season, and the Avalanche are the number one team in the league, I think you got to give it to him. Yep. Uh, that's what needs to happen for him. He can't have that 120, 130 season and the Avs be uh number four or five or six seed. Um, it just can't happen that way. So it, it'll be a stretch. I'd love to see it for him because it would fill out the resume. You know, he's got pretty much everything else right now, except for that, but that would fill out the, the resume to put the heart on there. So I agree with you, man. I, I think he can have that season. I think he yep. can have that where, and, and, would you say this if it doesn't happen in the next three seasons, it won't happen? Yeah, after, if it doesn't happen okay. in the next three, it's never ever going to happen. Okay, I w- I kind of would maybe go down that same road with you. So, so there it is, Nathan McKinnon. Uh, no surprise there. I'm pretty sure Kale McCarr is next. So we go from one <laughs> superstar to the next. Uh, I'll have to double check on that, but I'm almost positive uh, Kale McCarr is next. Uh, if my alphabetical ism is correct it's got to be right Morgan? uh no mccarr no. would be before McCarr. Yeah. yeah yeah pretty sure it's uh, mccarr so uh anyway we'll get to that uh and like we said those uh are no the other thing we're going to do also is talk about some funky new power play rules in the chl the championship hockey league so look those up because uh, we're going to be talking about those tomorrow Uh, So there you go. Nathan McKinnon's final grade. And uh, that's going to wrap it up for us today. Well, let me move that back. There we go. All right, everyone. We're all over the place on YouTube. (laughs) Um, Thanks for tuning in, making it your first listen of the day. That is always appreciated. He is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. I'm Chris Maselli. This is the Locked On Avalanche podcast. And we'll see you guys tomorrow. Go, Abs, go. 